Welcome to Postcast. The Utah Jazz lose their fifth straight this time to the Chicago Bulls. As DeMar DeRozan and the crew get it going in the second half. A brilliant first half offensively for the Jazz. Super three-point shooting, but three fatal turnovers in a row cost them a chance to come from behind. We're talking about it coming up on Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone here on Postcast tonight. And Ron, I look at the three possessions in the, I think it was early fourth quarter where the Jazz turn it over, lay up the other way, turn it over, lay up the other way, turn it over. Actually not lay up the other way. This time they committed a foul, a breakaway foul, two free throws, and then I don't remember if they scored or not. But you just can't. The margin to win is not very big. You're not a superior team, so you're, it's hard to win in this league. And if you make three mistakes like that in a row... It's it's awfully hard to win. Yeah, you're in a close ball game. <clears throat> Excuse me, and you must take care of the basketball. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's all right. Um, up about it. I get it. You you must take care of the basketball, and and you and your execution must be good. In, in other words, turning it over like that, you know, just eliminates. You go from down six to down nine, or or to down ten, and you just eliminate the the, the possession that you need in order to win in order to win the basketball game. Jazz were one of the best clutch teams in the league before the Mike Conley injury, but since then we've lost a close one to Golden State, close one to Detroit, close one to Phoenix, and, and this one went into clutch time as well. It is abundantly clear that late in games, the Mike Conley's absence is really, really clear. The Bulls were not a good clutch team. They were 1-8 coming in in the clutch, and they dominated the final minutes. The they game. really did, and I think it started a little bit there in that third quarter when the Bulls started to, to you know, get into the lead that the Jazz had and, and the momentum started to shift. The Jazz slowed down and whenever they slow down like that, that's when you really miss, um, I, I think, Mike Conley because he's the player that can get them in and make some, make some things happen without, you know, just dominating the basketball. So this one's interesting. There's a bunch of little things that changed in this game. We're tied at 27 in the first. We're up seven at the half, 60 to 53. The offense is rolling, and then it goes dry, right? Then the, the Jazz only score 47 second-half points, and really some of those were late, uh, an Olympic three at the buzzer. So really the Jazz score 44 points in the final 24 minutes of this game. What did the Bulls do? They are a good defensive team, ninth best in the league. What happened to the Jazz offense? I think the Jazz, in, in a game like that, are their own worst enemies. I mean, because it's what the Jazz don't do. that Because I don't think with the type of offense and the way the Jazz want to play, I don't think there's any team in the league that can keep them from putting them in position to score. Now, if they're missing shots, that's a different story. But, you know, having to make tough shots in order to stay in the ball game, that's what the Jazz started getting into, especially when you start playing in the half-court offense. Um, I like Sexton coming off the bench more so than starting in that starting role. And I don't, but I don't know what the other answer is. There is, is no right other now, option, right? right? Like, right. unless I guess you could go to Beasley, but Beasley off the bench, and and then you're telling Jordan, who had nine assists tonight, so they clearly put the ball back in his hands. And mm-hmm. and frankly, I I agree with you, and I would also say I thought this was the best reading of the floor game I've seen out of Colin Sexton all mm-hmm. year by yeah. a, by a long shot. Actually, he made three or four plays tonight that I don't usually see him make. He still, I'm sure, if we went through the tape, missed a few too. Like that's it's hard. Um, and I don't. Nobody expects him to be perfect, but I thought that I thought that he had three or four plays tonight. That they're basic. They're one level reads. They bring the defender to you, pass to the guy who the defender came to you. But he wasn't making those, frankly, two weeks ago. So I thought there was a lot of progress there. The progress that he's made, I, I totally agree with you. It's been remarkable. 
um, and he's really added something to his game. I know that he's had conversations with Will, and Will has been, you know, helping him out, and maybe those glasses is, is helping him out there as well. Uh, but that player coming off the bench, just remember Jordan Clarkson a couple of years ago coming off the bench, that spark um, and his ability to score and make things happen in a short period of time was, was something the Jazz really had. Yeah. And I think the Jazz agree with you, right? Because Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson started this year, which surprised everyone because that was exactly what they were trying to do with Colin Sexton. So Correct. the Jazz completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. By the way, Ron just mentioned the glasses. Really interesting. The Jazz are, uh, Colin's been wearing glasses at practice, after practice, doing work with coaches that are strobing lights at him. The other night in San Francisco, he was working with Barnett Frank, one of the Jazz performance coaches, and he would pass on the ball and say, shot, and he would have to quickly react, or drive and have to quickly react, or pass, or or step back, and they were giving him an instruction, and he had to try to catch the ball while the distraction of the strobe lights were coming and then make the the move that he was being told. Today they did something differently. Same glasses, I believe same strobing, and he was working on actual full plays. So he was coming off a pick and roll and had to read the defender in which, in which th- you know, then is he driving himself? Is he passing to the lob or is he passing the corner? And they were giving him different reads on every single um, time. So interesting to see the player development. And are those glasses working? I don't know. But Collins' last two games have been far better in Phoenix and here making reads. Interesting move tonight. The Jazz defensive rebounding has been a problem. They're 29th in the league in defensive rebounding. It was a massive issue in the fourth quarter in Phoenix. And so we were very concerned coming in. One of our storylines on the broadcast coming in was Andre Drummond, who at five different years in his NBA career averaged over five offensive rebounds a game. One of the greatest offensive rebounders in the history of the league. So he comes in. What does Will Hardy do? He goes and tries to find the biggest and strongest guy, that the big man that the Jazz have. He brings in Udoka, and he comes in, and I think he did a fairly good job. But, you know, uh, Drummond's been around a while. He's been an all-star, ended up with 10 rebounds, four of those coming on the offensive glass. And what did you think of Adoka Azubuke in his 14 minutes tonight? Well, I think those are some minutes that he could probably give the Jazz uh, because the Jazz need help. I know Alenic and Markinen are seven-footers, and, and they're stretch players, uh, but they're not the strong physical player down in the paint. And probably Yudoka doesn't get pushed around as, as easy. Maybe down going forward, you know, he might be able to start working himself in to where he can get some, some minutes. Yudoka tonight played nine minutes. He had four defensive rebounds, which is good because one of his problems he's had in a limited time we've seen him is he's not been a particularly good defensive rebounder reacting to the ball. He did go 0 of 4 from the free throw line, and that 40% college free throw shooting, I don't want to make too big a deal, but like for him to develop, you, you, you can't actually shoot zero. Like You have to make some free throws. Um, we've watched Walker Kessler work on his. There's, I have high hopes for Walker Kessler with that stroke that those free throws are going to go in. He'll be a 65 to 70% free throw shooter in the NBA. I'm not sure I'm as confident with the stroke that Adoka Azubuke pushes up there that that is an area where he can jump to 60 or 70%. And you just hit it, push. I mean, it's not a shot. It's more of a push, and he's not very good at it. I'm not so sure I'm with you that he's ever going to be uh, any more than a 50% free throw shooter. Now, time on the floor, getting to the free throw line a lot more uh, during the course of the year you get better we watch Rudy get better and Rudy's goal ended up uh what he wanted to be a 70 percent free throw shooter he got to 69 and but he became better so maybe 
I don't know, but I'm, I don't have a lot of confidence in that push shot. So Lowry Markkinen's first half, he goes 9 of 10. He scores 24 points. In the second half, he actually, it feels like he didn't wasn't involved. He got went 3 of 8, right? So he, he actually took 10 shots in the first half. He just happened to make all of them. He took 8 shots in the second half. It wasn't as though he went absent. Um, did Chicago do something differently to Lowry in the second half? I don't think so. Uh, I think uh, he, he sit for quite a few minutes, I think, in that third period, if I remember correctly. Don't have my played thirty seven minutes tonight on that on the, with that injury, so pretty impressive. Yeah. So um, I just think that the offense of the of the Bulls started to you know take over the, with the Jazz. The Jazz were taking it out of the net. The Bulls ended up shooting about forty six percent there from the field, and the big thing is getting to the free throw line. Twenty five free throws. Not trying to pile on anybody in particular. Um, I will say this. You know, you're not, you don't have Mike Conley, so Colin Sexton moves in the starting lineup. So now you're asking more out of Taylor Horton Tucker and Nikhil Alexander Walker, the two of them combined for two for 10 and one for six from three tonight. And uh, Alexander Walker did have two assists tonight. Um, it has been a little bit of a struggle for Taylor Horton Tucker to really be a backup point guard. He was playing a lot of point guard in that with when Mike Conley, but with Colin Sexton, now he's really playing point guard, like not just. Every possession, that's been a little bit of a struggle for him. It's a struggle, recently. Dave, because he likes to play with the ball in his hands. And he's more of an offensive threat, <clears throat> an offensive player that likes to break it down, you know, that type of thing, where if he was playing off ball, now he's, he becomes uh, a, a player that they're feeding it to. And, you know, a little bit different role, and it's probably difficult for him to play that role. Shout out to Kelly Olenek, well, maybe one of our stars tonight. Another <coughs> solid night for him in his three-point shooting. Absolutely. is fantastic. Uh, Chicago is a good defensive team, ninth best defensive team in the league, and they showed it. What's interesting about this is that they're a good defensive team because they force a ton of turnovers and they get a bunch of defensive rebounds. And they kind of did that tonight. They forced the Jazz into 14 turnovers, and they did not. They only gave up nine offensive rebounds. They're not a particularly good team against defensive team against the shot, which showed that the crazy thing about this game to me is that the Jazz made 19 threes and shot 49% overall and still lost. And still lost. Like, I... I, I it is hard to lose a basketball game when you make 19 threes and they make six. But they pounded the Jazz at the rim. They scored 17 of their 21 field goals in the first half in the paint. They scored another 15 in the paint in the second half. They scored 32 field goals in the paint. They were, the Bulls are usually last in the league in points in the paint at 43 points a game. And they scored 32 field goals, 64 points in the paint tonight uh, was, probably, was the final number. They went 32 of 50 there. So that kind of wraps up. All right, your two stars tonight. Everybody's welcome to vote on the live audience tonight as well. Ron Boone. I'm giving it to the front line. Lowry Markin and Kelly Olenek. Absolutely. Wasn't the most complicated two stars we've ever had to have. Jazz have lost five in a row tonight, 114-107 against the Bulls. We hope to get up on the right track against the L.A. Clippers. They come to town on Wednesday. Tickets are available at utahjazz.com. They've got Cyber Monday deals going on, so grab those and enjoy. Thanks very much for tuning in to Postcast. I'm David Locke. He's Ron Boone. Have a good night.